0: Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 16 from Return to the Hiding Place by Hans Poulet. Chapter 16, The Hiding Place Revisited. Through the Hiding Place, the world now knows what happened to Corey and Betsy Temboom in prison and then in concentration camp. Corey gave the most authentic account in her memoirs, Jevonjin in Twitch and in her collection, Prison Letters, published in 1975. The two women were confined in prison in Shevonjin from February 29 to June 5, 1944. Betsy was put in cell 314 and Corey in cell 384 in solitary confinement on March 16th after first being in a cell with four others they were interrogated there by the Gestapo but not mistreated while in Shevingen the Ten Boom sisters took all the guilt upon themselves and thus exonerated the others arrested with them they never betrayed those to whom they offered shelter nor did they mention any names in prison they learned of their father's death and they heard of the escape of the six in the hiding place the angel's den in the baye from the first moment of the ordeal betsy made a better spiritual adjustment to prison life than corey physically and spiritually she wrote i feel well my soul is very peaceful corey had more difficulty finding that quiet and peace, but later, in solitary confinement, she wrote about her rediscovered trust, I talked to my savior, I am no longer alone, God is with me. On D-Day, June 6, 1944, they were sent to the Dutch concentration camp in Vot near Bush and brought together again, Betsy, number 01130, and Cory, number 01131, as Corey wrote, we can accept it, we are in God's training school. Then, in early September, they were taken to Germany and imprisoned at Ravensbruck concentration camp. Betsy died there on December 14, 1944, from chronic illness, exhaustion, starvation, and hardship. On December 28, 1944, Corey was unexpectedly released through an administrative error. After the war, Corey searched for the right way to serve God. Convinced that she had been released for a specific purpose, she spent several years caring for victims of the war and for displaced persons. But more and more, she turned to directly telling people about God. She discovered that people Hungered to hear the Ten Boom story of spiritual survival. Her message, Jesus Saves, Even in Deepest Nazi Hell, became her liberating theme for countless messages, uh, countless meetings in countries all over the world. Assisted by several secretaries, she traveled the globe and became the well known tramp for the Lord, a cheerful missionary for her Savior. And the success of her book, and the movie made of it, made her a household name in Christian circles around the world. In the summer of 1978, Corey suffered a stroke and died peacefully on April 15, 1983. She is now with her father and sister, part of that great cloud of witnesses of faith that surrounds us and cheers us on. In a television interview toward the end of Corey's life, the interviewer observed, You must have a mighty great faith, she answered by quoting her beloved father. I do not have a mighty great faith, but I have faith in a mighty great God. Amen. Remarkably enough, in the light of the horrors we experienced together, the survivors of the Baye had little contact after the war. We each had our own grief to overcome and own losses of family, friends, and homes, as well as years of our lives to deal with. We each struggled to gain a new perspective on life and to find the courage to build anew. Neither our starved and impoverished nation nor our devastated culture had the resources or structures to help. Some in our community could not even find a a shoulder to weep on. Those arrested with the Tembooms on that fateful afternoon survived their imprisonment. The Gestapo raided the Baye because it was an underground shelter for Jews. There is no indication they had evidence of other types of resistant work, but by the Tembooms, their goal achieved, and with no direct evidence against any of the others, the Gestapo gradually released them. Uh, Lindert Kip continued his career at first as a teacher in mathematics. Later, he was one of the happy few who made his hobby into a living, teaching his beloved Dutch language and literature at first. He taught at the Driftens School, then at a teacher's college in Boumenval near Harlem, or uh, Harlem, uh, Miriam, uh, Mirjam de Jong, was one of the few of her family to survive. Mies and I met her, met, met with her, and Hunk uh, Wijnhijck during the summer of nineteen forty-five, but lost contact with both of them shortly after Mirjam left the Netherlands to become an early Jewish settler in pre-Israel, Palestine, where she survived four more wars, 1948, 1957, 1967, and 1973. Both Paula and Meta Monsanto Tente Martha survived. They remained good friends of my parents while re-establishing their lives in the Hague. Both worked in government offices. Paula as a rebellious maverick on a bicycle, or on a motorbike, motorbike, and Meta as a quiet and wise lady, both very hospitable and very energetic. When Mies and I were married, we settled quite close to the Hog, and their friendship greatly enriched our family life for many years until they died. I lost track of Thea, Hans J. Frankfurt, Uh, Israels, but I know that her husband didn't survive the war. Mary was liberated from the angel's den, only to be arrested at her new hiding place. Against all instructions and training, she fell for the manipulative sweet talk of the Gestapo officer and mentioned the names of several persons who should be warned. As a result, several were arrested, including Jean Wimmer and the Mnitma family. Mary was deported via Wot into the women's concentration camp in Thursenstadt, where she died. When her parents took their own lives to escape Nazi persecution, her sophisticated world fell apart and instinctive hope and will to live kept her going for a while but the filth, cruelty, and de- deprivation of the concentration camp finished her. To have known her so well was a privilege, and to lose her was a deep personal loss. I'll never forget her singing, Sovin's Laid. When we heard the sad news sometime after the war, Yusi said, and we all agreed, may her memory be a blessing. Yussi survived, but barely. He was arrested in April 1945 at his hiding place in Sneek, uh, Friesland. By that time, the Allied armies had already penetrated so deeply into Germany that the transportation of any prisoners toward the east was out of the question. Liberation came to him in his cell at the police station. Miraculously, all his family members survived, and he was reunited with them. Mies and I had difficulty uh, finding him and his wife in the undescribable chaos in Amsterdam, but our meeting was unforgettable. After the war, he served the decimated Jewish con- congregations of Amsterdam and later served in The Hog as a cantor and a teacher. UC and I came to know each other so well during the seven months in hiding at the Baye that my wife and I were two of the few Christians UC accepted. It is very difficult for a kosher living Jewish family to socialize with unclean Gentiles, but in spite of UC's continuing distrust of Christians, our wartime friendship remained alive. To celebrate my 50th birthday, he planted a tree in my name in Israel. One day, early in March 1974, we went together to the Baye and up the well-known staircase to the upper floors. Memories and emotions overwhelmed us as we thought of those we would never see again. After reminiscing for some time, Yusi said, I'm going to fulfill my promise. While in the hiding place after the Gestapo raid, Thirty years before, he had vowed to the Almighty that if he survived, he would return to sing praise to the Almighty. So he went to Tante Kess's room, and soon I heard that mighty voice that I had heard so often praising the Almighty, but also bewailing those we lost. The climax of the day came when we went downstairs to find that Cory had returned because... The film of her book, The Hiding Place, was being shot. We had not seen her in many years, and she greeted me in her own disarming way. Hans, where have your dark hairs gone? It was an emotional reunion, one of the few occasions in which several of the survivors of the wartime Baye met with the family. There was so much to be said. We relived those fateful events and remembered those who had lived in the house with us, but had not survived. In the afternoon, Corey took us to the location where the hiding place was being filmed. When the actors and actresses learned who we were, they showered us with questions about the actual circumstances of those months of hiding. When we left late in the afternoon, it was as though an unfinished chapter in Yussi's life had finally been closed. Meese and I remained Yusi's trusted friends until his death, and helped to lay him to rest in Wassenar. My copy of Cory's book, Jevgenin in Touch, carries his dedication: "The righteous of the nations will be part of the world to come." And here is a page from the guest book of the Baye, March 6, 1974, English translation, March 6, 1974, today, 30 years after I was hiding here, I was here again, at this hiding place, I said a special doxology that I have never said before, praise be to thee, eternal, our God, King of the world, who has done to me a miracle at this place, you see. Mary was arrested a few days later. May her memory be a blessing. Hans and see Psalm 66:10 through 14. Dora Morsel Ross, Hans Puley, Baye May 43, February to February 44. Miss Puley Wizels, Ananke Puley. About the author, after the war, Hans Pelle completed his degree at Delft Technological Institute as a physicist, and later he earned his Ph.D. He and his longtime sweetheart, Mies Wiesels, were married in February 1949 and have two sons and a daughter. He has worked as research physicist for the Dutch Defense Research Council and for Royal Dutch Shells International Exploration and Production E&P Division. For a year, he worked in Houston, Texas as an exchange scientist for Shell. In 1977, he became Shell's advisor for E&P Safety and Environmental Affairs until he retired in 1984. He was awarded the Dutch Resistance Memorial Cross for the work he did for his country during World War II. Amen. And that is the end of the book Return to the Hiding Place by Hans Poulet. Thank you for listening and next time will be God's Smuggler.